Hello and welcome to Mr. Suitcase number 24. Right now I'm going to have a winner's interview with the winner of the StarCityGames.com Open Series Standard Event uh, held in St. Louis. And and so the winner of of the tournament was uh, Joey Mishpigel. I probably just pronounced his name wrong too. Um, but we we were fortunately uh, lucky enough to talk with Joey uh, before round nine when we when we last left him he was hoping that he could draw into top eight, and uh, we're going to go uh, pick up with that. So on round nine, can you explain what starts to happen? Uh, well, they post the, st- the standings, and uh, you start doing the math and things like that. Uh, I was in fifth. Generally, I like being in fourth or higher, obviously. It's always better to feel comfortable drawing in with that many people in the pool there. Uh, fifth is right on the cusp. I knew it was, I knew it was a gamble, but I was got paired against sixth. So... I felt pretty okay about that, uh, so we went ahead and drew. I figured if one of, one of the two of us weren't going to make it, it would be him. Uh, we both knew it was a risk. We both top aided. Um, now, uh, now Bill Stark uh, is doing the text coverage, and uh, he does the coverage for the Pro Tours as well. And he had picked you guys for a feature match. Now, now normally when folks get selected for a feature match, like on on the big stage and one of those things, it's because you know they need to play to be in. Did that factor into your thoughts at all? Um, you know, we we looked at our like I said, we, were, we we did a little bit of math before making the decision. It wasn't just a snap decision or anything. We both had really good percentages on our on our first breaker. Uh, we actually had better breaks than the guy in first place. So if the guy in first place got paired down far enough, which he did, end up getting paired pretty far down, uh, played and lost, we would actually. And with the same record and better breaks. So, um, yeah, we thought about it. And, you know, it's one of those things where we both felt comfortable with not playing on on a camera and maybe trying to win some money. Okay, yeah, well, I, I, I'm certainly all for winning some money. So, and uh, as you said, uh, standings were announced, and uh, you were in the top eight. So what, what position did you end up in? Uh, I, I was in seventh. They, they, they announced the top eight, one to, one to eight, uh, and the, the way they did it was they would say, there's this many people with this many points. They, they did one through six, and then they stopped. They said there was four people with this many points with two slots left, and we both looked at each other like, uh-oh, we messed up. And they said in seventh, Joey Mispagel. In eighth, David Saylor. So, okay, so that puts you... Um Paired against the person in second place uh, coming out of the Swiss, right? So um, you're going into the top eight, and uh, do you have a a pretty good idea of what the field is? Do they distribute deck lists? um, And then come from there, I'm kind of wondering what you thought was your best and worst matchups in the top eight. 
Well, uh, they didn't distribute deck lists or anything like that. Uh, just from kind of, like I said, we drew, so I had some time to walk around and look. So uh, I knew there was two Jund, one of which I drew with. Uh, or no, there was three, three Jund. I didn't know about the third one. That was that came later. Uh, I knew there was a Turboland. I knew there was, and I thought the other two were banned. So, was that, was that three Jund, me, two Bant, Turboland. Okay, so there was a... There was another Jund, I think. Oh, was there? F- okay. So, yeah. Uh, and I really like all those matches. I guess the least of favorite is Jund. Because it has the potential to just blightening away your hand, and then when you're playing off the top, they can you know they can cascade, they can do a little more than you can. So you know, I, in a perfect world, I would have liked to have played uh, you know round one Turbo Land, round two Bant, round three. I guess what almost had to been done at that point. So okay, so. When it comes down to the top eight, and you know you're filling out your questionnaires, and they're giving you all the rigmarole about what's going on, um, you know what? You know, explain kind of the procedures behind this, because as I'm watching, you know, things happen that obviously aren't normal for the Swiss. Now there's only eight people, so it's a lot easier to do things. So, what are, what are some of the things that make uh, the top eight different than the Swiss? Um, they're very. Uh they're very strict about you know the chitter chatter, especially when it comes to the price support. The uh, they're they're very, which it's it's uh, it's good though. It's collusion is something that affects the game on a daily basis. When and when you get to thousands and thousands of dollars, it's it's a big deal, you know. So it you know they had specific instructions of you know don't talk about this, don't talk about that. Like I said, mainly towards prizes and. Outcomes of matches and things like that. Uh, the funny thing I thought was kind of funny was they had, uh, you know, you could split the prize eight ways. And the way they did it was like secret ballad. And it said circle yes or circle no. I thought that was kind of funny. Okay, so. So you, you've got that done. And now from where I'm observing, you know, once they kind of know the people who might be in top eight uh as you get done they're collecting your your deck boxes um and then uh you know the seating for the top eight you know that stuff is you you don't get to choose your own seat so let's talk about how where you were positioned in the first round and uh you know what you thought of your position in that uh they 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 set out the deck boxes i saw mine and then uh, actually knew the deck box that I was sitting against was my buddy, uh, Damien White. He was the one that ended second in the Swiss. And I knew what he was playing. He was playing Jund. Um, which, again, like I said, probably the least favorite of them, but not really that worried because I hadn't lost to it all day. Uh, I also know that he didn't play any lightning bolts. He was playing four, four, four forked bolts instead of zero lightning bolts, so I felt pretty good about that because he doesn't have any kind of instance. You know, beyond beyond two terminates, he has zero instant speed removal for my ball lightnings. Uh, that felt okay going into the, going into the match knowing that. It definitely was a uh, soothing feeling. 
So, so you know, now in your playing in top eight, you know, there's certainly not a lot of people left in the tournament hall, but they're pretty much all around the top eight players. So, uh, does that does that group of people watching you kind of affect how you play at all? You know, um, every now and again it does, but yesterday. I was I was pretty pretty in the zone and I you know I really didn't beyond the times that they physically talked to me uh, between games or between matches uh, I really didn't I really didn't notice them that well you know because I was just really deep in the tank. So how did your first round matchup play out? Uh, first round match uh, game one was actually not very close at all. Like I said. I, uh, believe I resolved two ball lightnings in that match. Uh, one got blocked by a Hell's Thunder or, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Putrid Leech and uh, the other one got in there for the full six. And, you know, that's uh, when you when you get eight points of damage with two spells and you, I still have 16 burn spells in the deck feel pretty good about that. Uh, game two, he turned one to rest me uh, getting Searing Blaze, and then turn two to rest me, getting uh, Lightning Bolt. All the time, seeing that I only had one creature, which was Ball Lightning, and uh, or excuse me, Hell's Thunder. Um, he then curved Sprouting Thranax, Bloodbraid Elf, Siege Gang, and. I was left with one one uh, lightning bolt, the Hell's Thunder, and I ended up drawing, drawing a burst lightning, and that's just not enough, not enough gas while he's actually putting on pressure. So we go to game three. I'm on the play, and it was more of the same. Like the game one, it was turn one goblin guide. He plays tap plan. I played teetering peaks on my goblin guide. You know, I'm in there for six, and I played one spell. And, you know, I got a grip full of burn. He plays turn two tap lane. I, I already almost won that. You know, it's, it's already almost over. And uh, we we didn't cast too many creatures that game, but we did cast a lot of burn. Okay, so now you're into the top four. So, you know, what what is the procedure here on top four? Well, they, they stop you between each round of the top eight and 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 ask you again. The, they didn't do secret ballot again. They actually just pulled each player away from the other group of players and quietly asked them, would you like to split now? Everybody agreed to the split this time. We, uh, we four-way split. Each person got $850. Um, and then... We play the rest of the tournament out for the open points and the trophy. So uh, we, I knew I was paired against Turbo Land, which is a very good matchup for me. And it, it took a lot of strength for me to want to split at that point. But my only loss in the Swiss was to Turbo Land. And I know the guy is playing in the same playgroup to the guy that handed me the loss. And I know that they're playing Plockworms in the sideboard. So games two and three, if they get a good enough opener and they drop a Plockworm by turn four and I just didn't get 
a fast enough draw, they can actually get there. And it's rough. So I went ahead and went with the split, and then we started playing, and uh, it was a real quick two games. Yeah, and and as as we're watching the games, you know, I, pretty much those games go, uh, you know, play play a little, a few creatures, get in there a little bit, and then up uh, here's my three or four burn spells. That's the game. I mean, that's pretty much it. Yeah, really, really, the job there is keep Lotus Cobra off the table as as well as you can. It's not a real large deal, but especially game one, it's almost the only way they can beat you. Is Lotus Cobra into at least one or multiple time warps into the Avenger? Is it really the only way they can have a chance? Okay, so that goes pretty quick. Do, do you have a long wait for the finals, and, and and what are you playing in the finals? I know I'm playing against a a, a guy. I played a, few, a Joe from Indy. Uh, he's a good player. Played him a couple times before PTQs and stuff. Um, I know he's playing Jund. And yeah, there was quite a like uh, like I said, we went we went pretty quick, so I waited to wait for their match. They did one last sleeve uh, sleeve check to make sure no none of the cards were no sleeves were damaged or marked. Uh, and right as we're getting ready to start, are they they finish up? We're getting ready to start the finals. My opponent wants to go smoke a cigarette. He asked. He, he in his defense, he asked me, and you know I, I'm. I'm a patient guy, so I said sure, you know. So I had that weight also, and then you know he he was prompt, pretty prompt about it. He, he sucked it down pretty fast and came back in, and we started up. It was uh it was an okay match. It was uh, I won the die roll. Or did I win the die roll? I got game one, which is very important against the gentleman, you know, because if it goes to three, you're on the play game three, which is. Really where you want to be. Yeah, definitely where you want to be. So, um, yeah, game one, not too much, not really too many highlights in game one. It was uh, a turn one goblin guide. Yeah, pretty quick and not, not, too, not too many exchanges. Yeah, and, and definitely the uh, it comes down to okay. Do you do you pull your third burn spell off the top to finish him off? Uh, yeah, it looks like you did. Okay, that's game. Let's move on to game two. So, uh, how does game two go? Yeah, games two and three are both a little more interesting. Game two, um, we do the the normal red versus gen exchanges, and the the thing where it gets sticky, he has an obvious. He makes a play where he leaves obvious terminate mana open, and I have a house thunder. Now, it felt like a play that I was supposed to see terminate mana, almost like bluffing terminate. Okay. So, I had a choice to stagger shock him. Would have been the safe, maybe have been a little bit safer of a play. But it just felt like a bluff to me. So I, I ran out the Hell's Thunder. He had the Terminate. Came down to it. Had I stagger shocked them, I would have won game two. Because uh, we, we got him to five. I had one turn before lethal from creatures on his side. And I had this, still had said stagger shock was still in my hand. I have four mana. I can rip a... I, 
in my head, I said out loud, I rip a one mana burn spell and I win. I need to rip a, bo- a lightning bolt. Uh, I ripped the burst lightning and I about jumped out of my seat and I slammed it on the table and I said, oh, that puts you to one. So we go to game three. Now game three, uh, my hand was very saucy. Uh, we had three land, uh, fetch a mountain, a teetering peaks, goblin guide, two ball lightnings, and a searing blaze. Uh, goblin guy on the play. Goblin guy comes down turn one, get him. He shows no land. Uh, he played turn one tap land. So you know, turn turn two. I drew, uh, I believe it was a Burst Lightning. Uh, Teetering Peaks Goblin Guy, get in for four. He plays Nest Invader. I untap. Now, I can play Fetch Lane, crack the Fetch, and play Ball Lightning and send him in there. But I chose to play the Fetch Land and Searing Blaze the Nest Invader. Because ball lightning is going to be good anyway. At this point, I want—I didn't—I didn't have another land, so I wanted to make sure that I got that—that that, uh, three damage from the searing blaze. I wanted that f- for sure. Um, so I got that in there. Tapped with Goblin Guide. He didn't block with his uh, spawn token. He untaps. Or I'm sorry, this is important. He reveals lava claw reaches to the to the Goblin Guide. So I pass turn. He plays a swamp instead of the lava claw reach, and I believe uh, he—I want to say he cast a spell. There's one. I'm a little fuzzy on this one. He ended with. Eldrazi spawn swamp. Okay. Now, he hadn't showed me Doomblade on either game, but I know that it's a popular sideboard choice. And I, he's a smart player. I know he knows it's important to kill my, to kill Hellslender and to kill Ball Lightning. So I decided to crack the fetch and burst lightning the Eldrazi spawn, and he had the Doomblade. I untap, I draw Teetering Peaks, Ball Lightning, Teetering Peaks, he has one Swamp open, he has no spells to cast, get in there for eight, and he just, he, he untapped, played a Spotting Throne next, and I untapped him, burned him to the head, and he was done. So, so now you have, you've just won, you know, so your, your, your prize money was set in, but what does this mean, uh, points wise, and what does it mean, uh, you know, for you and future, our Star City Open events? I, I, everybody that top four, uh, automatically qualifies for the, the, uh, final open in Roanoke, Virginia. Uh, I believe it's a 20K or 30K, something like that. I know they're calling it the Star City K, uh, the Star City uh, Pro Tour because the payout's pretty good. Yeah, the payout's the payout's pretty good. Uh, everybody that top four automatically qualifies for that. However, uh, getting first gives you enough points.
points to be qualified and get around one by. So, uh, and then I, I want to say it's something like 20 points gets you a buy. So every 20 points. So I'm pretty sure 30 points is the is the second buy. 30 points is the second buy. Yeah. So I, I think I've been to a few of them. I think I have 24-ish points now. So maybe try and play in one more in top 16. I think top 16 gets points, or is it just top eight? Uh, top 16 gets points. Okay, so yeah, we, that's, I think that might be the plan, is try to go for two buys. So obviously, if you're planning on getting two buys, then you're obviously planning on attending. Yes, sir. Uh, it's December. I mean, I don't think it's close enough to Christmas to hurt, you know, to hurt anything. It's not... I mean, I'm not 100% sure how far Roanoke is from St. Louis, but uh, I don't think it's far enough to keep me away. All right, so you know it, it obviously feels pretty good uh, that evening. Does it does it sink in? You know, I'm I'm qualified for you know a pretty big tournament here. You know, almost equivalent to a pro tour, and uh, you know I'm I'm you know I'm I'm 800 to the good. Um, it, it took a minute, yeah. You know, uh, it it took a minute I, when I basically as soon as I left the convention center with trophy in hand and the outside that midnight air hit me that's i got that breath of fresh air and i was like i i, I just won a tournament that that actually matters pretty pretty well so yeah yeah it hit me about about 15 minutes after we were done and it was pretty exciting well, that's great. You know, speaking as as someone who's uh, in St. Louis and has uh, has crossed decks with you a few times in some limited matches, uh, I wish you the best of luck in December. And uh, you know, if you finish well, you have to come see me again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> is there uh, before we go? Is there anything that uh, you want to plug? Um, top eight games. Uh, I do a little, you know, online eBay stuff. Um, if you know me. I'm just local, really, for St. Louis and Kansas City. If you know me, come see me. Some sell me cards. I'll I'll sell you cards. But uh, cheapest cheapest in St. Louis. All right. So there you go, Joey Masiel, who is uh, our Star City Games uh, Standard Open uh, champion.